1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All right, boys, it's game day. Let's go, let's go, big game. Got a big game today. My package has arrived. Oh, sweet. Nice. School! Great win, fellas. What game's next? G Men are having a great year. Let's go blue. Here we go. Primetime football. Texans, Dolphins. Let's do this. Yes!
0: Review. Yes! Yes! Heartland flags. Every sport, every team. Every
1: flag. Every team? That's right. Fine, fine. I'll get a Washington flag too. Find your flag and so much more with
0: fast, free shipping. HeartlandFlags.com. Every sport, every team, every flag. Almost. Heartland Flags and Gifts presents Legends and Listeners with Scott Docterman and Chad Leistico. Fly them high and fly them proud. Find your flag at
1: heartlandflags.com.
0: Breaking down the Big Ten from the Channel Seat Studios, this is Iowa
1: Everywhere. Hey, Hawkeye fans, Big Ten fans, and Iowans everywhere. Welcome into the Channel Seed Studios for a Big Ten Championship game episode of Legends and Listeners here on the Iowa Everywhere Network. Chad Lystico here talking uh, of the Des Moines Register with you as always, and uh, really happy to uh, discuss Saturday's game with award winning Hawkeye's beat writer Scott Doctorman of The Athletic. I'm going to keep doing it, Scott. Uh, This is our 16th episode together, Scott, and we may do, who knows, we may do 500 episodes of Legends and Listeners in our time. Uh, We may never do another Big Ten Championship game preview with Iowa in it, so let's have some fun. uh, And let's uh, see if we can carve a path to Iowa being competitive on Saturday night in Lucas Oil Stadium. How does that sound?
0: (laughs) yeah i I think that sounds like a a logical operation for us to do i I don't think many people are doing that on podcasts um these days but um there are there is a path chad we know that there's a path because it's not just ordained it's difficult it's not conventional (laughs) it's unorthodox but it can happen i mean you know david did throw a rock and hit kill goliath
1: we need to pull out the Hoosiers uh, movie uh, clips here and the pastor yeah. or whatever. <laughs> hey, it's in Indianapolis. You That's know, right. Yeah. You know, so maybe, uh, maybe you got
0: uh, you know Norman Dale slash Kirk Ferentz walking <laughs> out with a tape measure doing the
1: goalposts and stuff. Yeah. Uh, who's as Deacon Hill? Jimmy Chitwood then, or <laughs> who's Dennis Hopper? Dennis Hopper. Brian. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Hey! <laughs> are in the all-black sweatshirt, right? Yeah, right,
0: exactly. <laughs> no, I mean I, I think Jimmy chitwood would probably be Cooper DeGene, unfortunately. That's yeah, right. Yeah. You know, good point. Yeah. He's more like Ray, I think his name was we got the, you know, winning the trophy case.
1: Yeah. And I'm not comparing Brian yeah. to Dennis hopper character, by the way. It's just a total joke. Total joke, everyone. Total joke. Uh I do want to lay out the challenge, Scott. Uh, Michigan uh, is a really, really good team. Uh, number 13 in the country in scoring offense, and that might be the least impressive stat mm-hmm. that they have. 50% on third downs, number one in scoring defense. J.J. McCarthy, 24-1 and one as a starter, that only loss being to TCU. Uh, Blake Corum, the running back, uh, FBS, 22 touchdowns. he scored in every single game this season. Michigan, 24 straight. Wins against Big Ten Conference competition. That includes two against Iowa, by the way. Uh, Michigan has scored in 34 out of 36 quarters in Big Ten play this season. So they just are a consistent outfit that puts points on the board. And then if you think you've got an advantage somewhere, they've got a good punter. Mm-hmm. And they're the least penalized team in the country. Oh, by the way, they're also plus 14 in turnovers this year, Scott. Having only fumbled twice and only thrown five interceptions as a team all season long. J.J. McCarthy, one interception in Big Ten play, nine games. This challenge is very steep, Scott. Uh, what what stands out to you most about how good this Michigan team is before we outlay the path uh, of victory?
0: Oh, it's like spin the wheel. Good here, good here, good here, good here. There's no weaknesses, and that's – that's the tough thing. That's why it, creating a path to victory is like taking machetes out in the Amazon forest. You know, it's like which which way are we going to try to go, and well, I get eaten or swallowed up by an anaconda. Uh, so I, I think when you look at uh, Michigan, the most impressive thing to me is quarterback play. That's really been the separation from Michigan from being good to to great, from being great to elite, and the way JJ McCarthy has played for the most part, is put them in that position to where if they're not the favorite, they're the co-favorite for the, to win the national title. Uh, to complete 74% of his passes and to play in an offense that's not, you know, bubble screens and short hitches and do all those types of things, but to actually move the ball down the field, to me, is probably the most impressive because, yes, they have a, an outstanding offensive line. They have the best, one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in the country. But they've been able to do that in the past. They've had good running games, but to have a quarterback complete that type of pass is to be a difference maker. To throw last week, the the thread that he you know threw um, for you know down near the goal line was just unreal. And I think that was. I don't know
1: how they got past it. That pass Mm -hmm. got in there. I still don't know.
0: Yeah. So that's that's probably the one area of the many that stands out to me is, wow, this is different.
1: Want to remind folks that legends and listeners brought to you every week by Heartland Flags and Gifts, which offers free shipping anywhere in the U.S., always with fresh products, nearly every team, every sport, and every flag. Holiday season, great time to uh, uh, get those orders in early. So visit our good friends online at heartlandflags.com or in-store at 3719 Southwest 9th Street in Des Moines. That's hard to say. 3719 Southwest 9th Street in Des Moines. A lot of S's there. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> um, Good thing that Des Moines does not have an S and duh. And, uh. <laughs> yeah, they're silent. That makes it easier. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, where to begin, Scott? Uh, you wrote a pretty awesome piece uh, on The Athletic. Want to give you a lot of credit for that. Uh, about Iowa's 14-13 to 13 victory in 2016. Uh, I wrote this morning about five must-dos – for Iowa to win the game, thinking they got to go five for five. Uh, where do you want to start?
0: Mm. You know, let's let's start with yours, the five for five, the drive for five. You know, <laughs> cut, cut off the 300 part, you know, like they did with the points. But uh, let's start with the drive for five for Chad and, uh, and discuss that, and then we'll kind of sprinkle in the 14-13 win, which was a borderline miracle at the time and even would be a greater one now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just reading through your story, I encourage folks to do that at the athletic. Uh, really, you, for, you forget. You think, oh yeah, Iowa was a you know really plucky underdog, but man, they just had a lot of walk ons on the field. Mm-hmm. Their best players were out. Sound familiar? Yeah. Um, you know, Michigan was you know incredibly elite. But anyway, uh, we we outlined how good Michigan is. All right, you guys yeah. have heard enough about that. Uh, so my number one thing here, and we don't have to go like in depth on all five of these but my number one thing and hopefully i'll mention all five by the time we're done i don't mind rehashing it i hope you guys read it at hawkcentral.com.
0: yeah
1: is score early and then get a stop Uh, it's a lot to ask Uh, michigan has only been had its defense on the field for one possession this year while trailing that's an incredible stat it came against indiana by the way and they won that game 52 to 7 but you know this scott as well as iowa fans do and Iowa's best offense is usually that early script with Brian Ferentz. That is when he is at his best. Iowa typically, I would be surprised if they don't start with the football. Either they're going to win the toss and take the ball or Michigan's going to win the toss and defer. I'd be shocked if that's not the case. So that's your chance to score early, get in front. The last thing you want to do, Scott, to start this formula is get behind. (laughs) You know, three and out, punt get down, got to score early. Then you got to get that stop. You can't just get a field goal and let them go down and get seven, but that's step one for me.
0: Yeah, you're, you're exactly right, Chad. I mean, you know, I, I think I anticipate that they'll get the ball first and whether it's at the 25 or the 26 or 23, it doesn't really matter. But, but from there, they're going to have to find a way to advance the football, you know, and score early is, is essential you know even to pare it back from that a little bit would be get the ball close to midfield get a couple of first downs have a little bit of success um moving the ball forward so that way if they do punt that they have a chance to place Michigan you know in an adverse situation and you know maybe they get the ball to the 47 and two first downs punt and Tory Taylor pins them in the 9 yard line well then they got to go 91 yards on you and Yeah, they can. They're capable of it, but that's the more difficult task. But I agree wholeheartedly that scoring is, even if it's a field goal, it gives you confidence and it moves the ball against one of the best defenses in the country. And once, if you can experience that joy (laughs) of taking a lead and your defense can hold, you know, force a punt, play offense with the lead, even if it's, 10 minutes to go in the first quarter, <laughs> it feels different. It gives you a different confident vibe. You're not going to score on every possession. You're my, you know, and I think more people would be surprised if they scored on three versus zero. But I, I do think you're
1: right on that. Yeah, Iowa's over under point total in this game is six and a half. So that should tell you how little I was expected to score by odds makers. But what you laid out, even not scoring, Scott, is sort of what happened with Penn State. Iowa got a couple first downs early punted, pinned them back, did get that three and out, got the punt back, and then, of course, Eric all fumbled. You just can't have yeah. that type of thing. And uh, that kind of leads into my second point, which was zero turnovers on offense. It has to has to be zero and create at least one on defense. Another huge challenge with what Michigan does offensively. But uh, this is just – it's just not going to be a winning formula to do what you did against Penn State. You know, have a ball go off Brendan Diaz-Fernandez's back um, with Cooper DeGene pointing. That wasn't yeah. invalid, by the way. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, or the Eric Hall fumble. You just yeah. can't have those things because that even then, those two things, Iowa was down 10 nothing at half at Penn State, right? Mm, yeah. Those were the two things that pretty much led to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you just can't do that. That's where I'm at. You, it has to be a zero turnovers. You can't turn it over on offense. Absolutely. And
0: the with Iowa, even if there's a turnover, you cannot take points off your board or add points to theirs. And meaning you can't have a strip sack at your own 27 that leads to a field goal or a touchdown, or you can't be inside the red zone. Um, and fumble get you know like Eric All did and that you know he's not even playing and and it was a tough hit and everything anyway, but you can't have those situations to where it it provides you uh, you know minus three to minus six points that that's gonna that's absolutely killer and as you said every they value possessions anyway Iowa does they they treasure them they they put them in a lockbox and and and. You know, the quarterback has to be the same way, Deacon Hill. I mean, Spencer Petras was, you know, you deride him on a lot of different things, but he did value the ball. No question. And I think that's something that Deacon Hill is going to have to be. And, you know, there's no sin in punting. You're going to have to maximize your possessions. But, man, you turn it over against this team and then defensively. This hasn't been Iowa's strength this year like it was two years ago to where they all and they turned over Cade McNamara when he was the quarterback. They got some interceptions that, uh, you know, back then, but they just um, you, you know, they're, they're going to have to force something. And and that very well could be from the very beginning. Maybe Jay Higgins, who is a heavy hitter, maybe hits Blake Quorum and he fumbles and everybody's like, whoa, we haven't seen a lot of this. And the ball's on the ground. And then, you know, then you got to capitalize.
1: You absolutely, have to execute after a turnover. Yeah, I'm just thinking of like the, the rocky scene. He's cut. He's yeah. cut. You know. Yeah. Maybe you get that rare turnover. Michigan's lost two fumbles all year. I think I said that earlier, but man, yeah. that's that's important to stress. And then this is even a, more of a crazy stat, Scott. That of the seven turnovers that Michigan has committed, their defense is only allowed. Nine points, three field goals off those turnovers. So even if you get the turnovers, they haven't given up a touchdown off of it. So yeah. uh, it, the challenge is steep, I know, uh, yeah. but uh, but no turnovers. Uh, you know, Spencer Petras did throw a pick on the very first play at Ohio State last year. It's that type of game. You just can't yeah. do that yeah. stuff. Alex Padilla fumbles the snap, his first yeah. play in in the second half. I mean, just can't. You just can't better. do that.
0: You know, putter taken off with the ball. I mean, just yeah. Uh, i mean that was a, a, it would be a comedy of errors if it was funny for other people to watch but that was such a devastating game and that's what it that's what's capable of happening if you allow that to happen
1: so yeah ugh. all right now i'll i'll kind of merge a couple of these here to, to in the interest of time but like my number 3 is uh get the get off the field on third down and fourth down mm-hmm. because michigan is uh elite on third downs they're even more elite on fourth downs they're 14 out of 18 this year 78 percent on fourth downs and why are they so good well it's because they have a lot of third and shorts and they have a good running game and a really efficient quarterback um you know it's like it's like an nfl offense you know putting a give them a give uh tom brady or joe burrow a third and two and you know probably going to convert it right so Mm -hmm. uh Got to get off the field, though. So, how do you get off the field? You got to create third and longs somehow. And it could come down to the rush defense, Scott. The thing I, the reason I bring up the fourth down is I think Michigan will go for a lot of fourth downs if it's fourth and short. And I mean, it might be not in their own territory, but because what's, you're not afraid of Iowa's offense hurting you if you Mm -hmm. do turn it over and controlling the ball against that Iowa defense and wearing them down is going to be a good strategy. So, yeah, you just got to get off the field, and that's it's a blank statement, and they're not going to be perfect on it, but you can't give up what you did last year Kinnick, which was five drives, and suddenly the third quarter is over, and you're down 20 to nothing. Michigan mm-hmm. scored on four of those five drives. They were long drives, and the one they didn't score on was a punt. Um, I think it had to do with a penalty maybe was in there. Um, so it's really rare to stop them, but, uh, yeah. Get off the field on third and fourth down. Yeah. You know, and and this is kind of like
0: the analogy with baseball with a pitcher and the count, you know, first pitch strike. You want to get ahead of the count. And that's kind of like first down. You want to make sure that it's that they're, you know, they're want to get ahead of the chains. You want to put them behind the chains. You know, it's if they're running the ball, make it second nine. If they're passing the ball, incomplete. Then it's second and 10. Then you take away an element. Well, are they going to run or just, you know, Iowa does. Iowa always runs after an incomplete pass on first down. But some teams don't. Um, But then, okay, then they're trying to set up a third and manageable. Well, you've got to take away those elements. You've got to put them in adverse situations. So early in in the series matters for later in the series. Because if you get to third and two, fourth and one against this team, and they're committed to going for it, Forget it. You know, I mean, if it's third and one, you might as well just start planning on first down, you know, and, and, you know, not to concede you because you can always stop them and all that. But, you know, what I'm saying that it's just it, it's not you're hoping you're not planning. And and so I think at, at this point, that's probably the, the best thing that they that they're going for.
1: Iowa number one in the country defensively and allowing 20 plus yard plays. Michigan number two, so big plays are going to be tough to come by on offense as well. But my number four, Scott, and I want to get your take on this: is you got to throw some deep shots. You got to try to you got to try to get big chunks downfield. I believe uh, that's why I tweeted the Tavon Smith touchdown, the only yeah. one Iowa scored in the Big Ten championship game yeah. history um, in eight quarters. Yeah, uh, I think that that is the preferred strategy to moving the ball with your quarterback's arm strength. Your pass pro is way better than it was two years ago. And I just don't know if you can, maybe you can, I just don't know if you can chip your way down the field consistently against this Michigan defense. So I think you've just got to take your shots. So I said, connect on a couple of deep shots. It's a lot to ask again, talking about going five for five here on my, my musts. That's right. To do it in a different way, offensively yeah it makes
0: sense Iowa's was going to have to connect somewhere because ultimately you want to run the football you know that that's how iowa is going to bleed the clock and it's going to keep its defense off the field which it has to do um but in order to do that you've got to go up against you know you're probably going to go up against a lot of man you're you're going to go and so you're going to have to take advantage of those opportunities and that's you're going to get some one-on-one coverages. and some point, you're going to have to go down the field. I'm glad Deontay Vines appears like he's going to be back. He's one of the better deep ball route runners for Iowa. Um, then, you know, and same thing with Seth Anderson. I think those are the players you're going to have to target down the field at least a couple of times. Probably more sane, it would be more uh, go routes on the edge because you might still, the safety won't, will be later to get over there. But you're also going to have to hold your protection a little bit, too, so which may mean you may need to keep a, a, a back end, a block, or a tight end, into block. So there's just a lot of different variants here that I think. But if Iowa can hit a long pass, then they that they got to be cognizant of that, which enables them to force their safeties back a little bit and backpedal a little bit at the second level, which could help aid the running game. Because Iowa's 9-0, Chad, when they run for 100 yards this year. And, and that's better than they've been, you know, really. I think there's been twice that they've done it since 2018, but they haven't really done that with any consistency the last couple of years. So if Iowa can get into a, a position where they're running effectively, but they're going to have to make sure they pass to do it.
1: Well, and that's your—that's one of the few strengths that Deacon Hill has. Is he does have arm strength, so mm-hmm. he can do it. Uh, he's been overthrowing a lot of those because he just guns the heck out of it. But mm-hmm. you know, I don't. Maybe in a dome condition, he's—he's he's locked in. You hit that just like CJ yeah. Beathard. CJ Bethard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Johnson. Yeah. So Iowa did have like some extra protection. It was like a max protect almost uh, on that play, and Bethard had a ton of time to throw on that 85-yard touchdown. All right, last one, and this is a good segue because it leads right into your story, Scott. Score on defense. They did in in 2016 against Michigan. It was a safety by Jaleel Johnson that really turned that game. Uh, Ultimately, those two points were instrumental in a 14-13 win. Obviously, scored on defense uh, the following year against Ohio State. Uh, Again, a huge ask. Iowa's only scored uh, one defensive touchdown this year. But uh, they did have really clutch safeties against Wisconsin and Illinois in really important wins. So uh, score on defense is my fifth and final must to get to the win. So that leads us into to your conversation um, about that 2016 game. What stands out to you about how they did it? Well, you know, then there are a couple of elements that you
0: have to remove from that which makes it more challenging, I think, even than that situation in retrospect. But as we both remember, Chad, going to Happy Valley when they gave up 599 yards, including 359 on the ground. Um, Saquon Barkley accused him of quitting. Um, Joe Moorhead had Phil Parker in his back pocket all night. He just had no answer for that. Um, So there there were a lot of questions. And coming into that game against Michigan – Similar type statistics, especially on defense. I think they allowed 19% on third down on defense going into that game. Um, but the w- there were two things, two elements that Iowa doesn't have that it did have then. One, Kinnick Stadium. There, there's just no replicating Kinnick Stadium at night. And two was an NFL quarterback in C.J. Bethard. Now, the other parts were this team had a lot of injuries, depleted off uh, wide receiving core a lot of uh, makeshift offensive line i think this one is probably a little bit better than that one and um uh, and it had an edge that it that it competed with all week which i assume this team does too because it's been much maligned all year but especially this week i'm sure they're listening to everybody saying oh you guys can't win you guys are terrible whatever um uh, how do they do it well they're down 10 to nothing in the second quarter and it looked like oh man this team this game's over um but the really to me the game-changing play was LaShawn daniel's 16-yard run right after that michigan touchdown it was as physical of a run as we've seen at iowa maybe since sean green knocking out frank duong and that was he, he hit the hole on an inside zone and leveled two players. And, you know, and they weren't at the same time. One was at two yards beyond the line of scrimmage. One was nine yards behind the line of scrimmage. And both cr- you know, hit the turf. And then he got dragged down for 16 yards. The whole dynamic of that game changed. You saw the team get energized. You saw the sidelines get energized. They did work in concert with one another, the physicality. They did not score on that drive. However, they put themselves in a position at midfield, and this is what can be applicable. The Ron Caluzzi punts, they down it at the two yard line. Here's where your scoring and defense comes in. Second play, they, they tried to pass on third down and they got a or first down, they got out of way with it. Michigan did. Second down, uh, Jaleel Johnson, you know, put Davion De- Smith in a in a uh, you know, like a little roll. He looked like a cinnamon roll at the Atlanta Colonies, and it's like, and you know, safety. <laughs> then, then a couple possessions later, Akram Wadley was tremendous in that game. And they got the ball to him. He made a lot of moves. They got down the field. And, and Greg Davis made a great call. Uh, it was a fourth down call. Yeah. You know, you know listening to the, the broadcast again the other day, uh, everybody expected Iowa to go for the field goal. It's like, no. And they got the look they wanted. Double-A gap blitz. Slid Akram Wadley around. And, and Beathard, you know, was like, I just needed to make sure I got it above the, the defenders. And I knew it would be a touchdown and it was. And then of course, you know, Adrian Falconer dropped the two point conversion pass. Right. But but by then, ten to eight going into halftime. If I would I I would take that yesterday and tomorrow and next week, if they can get that.
1: So that to me is how they started that whole thing. Then you were there, you remember it. <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh yeah, I remember the punt and the safety, but I'm glad you brought up the LaShawn Daniels run and yeah i just remember akram wadley being tremendous in that game you have to have difference makers we're going to get to some difference makers i believe in a little bit here uh and then i want you know uh want to give credit to greg davis in that game too uh the quarterback draw to cj bethard uh totally out of character based on their alignment and stuff uh that's set up uh mr keith duncan uh for the winning field goal the first of First of two in his Hawkeye career. But yeah. Uh, um, yeah, good stuff. And did you get like you had amazing quotes in that story? Were those all pretty recent or? No, um, this is what yeah. what's entertaining is that I plan to do
0: an oral history on that. And so after the season, I talked to a lot of those players on the side about it and I never did it. You know, part of it. Oh, was, wow. You know, I was with uh, Atlanta 10 and we like, did mm-hmm. the dust and and a bunch of stuff. But I had that. I had like I went back and found my file. And I was like, well, all right. You know, I had like 10,000 words of That's awesome. and so many that I didn't have. And the only ones that were recent were from Kirk, just kind of a slight yeah. recall and, and George Kittle that I talked to in the spring. And, and then but. You know, it was and then you start to look and you're like, okay, that player is still in the NFL. So is that one. So is this one. You know, Jaleel Johnson just got signed again. And, you know, but uh, the Greg Davis call on the draw on the uh, draw was the most uncharacteristic play of the of the season. And maybe uh, in the Ferentz era, because when they had all those injuries, every time. Over the last, from game four all the way through the bowl game, every single time they had three wide receivers and they were in the shotgun, they attempted a pass. And we want to talk about predictability. That's off the charts. That was the only run. Seventy four out of seventy five plays were called passes, except that one, and it wow. got the first down. And it, you know, and that's that's what you got to do. And that you know, that's small in, in, in scope, but that's the kind of play calling that has to happen that Michigan's not expecting.
1: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that just, that's a great reminder that, you know, Brian Ferentz does have uh, a chance to make an impact on this game with whatever he calls. I mean, there will be important moments potentially for Iowa to swing this game game one way or another. And, uh, it's got to make the right calls and they got to execute. Scott, at last check, uh, Iowa was a 21 and a half point underdog at Circus Sports, the over under 35 points. Circus Sports is the exclusive sports betting app of Iowa Everywhere. Circa is sports betting the way it should be with the highest limits, lowest holds, and the best odds. Download the app today at the App Store or at circasports.com. Uh, so, yeah, the line's coming down just a little bit. It got as high as 24. Now it's 21 and a half. Maybe there's a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, buying Iowa when it was uh, when it crept up. Who knows? Um, but uh, one thing I wanted to talk to you about was, you know, who can be difference makers? We talked about Akram Wadley in that 2016 game. Certainly uh, C.J. Bethard at the controls. Um you know, you mentioned Jaleel Johnson. Of course, you still had Desmond King. I mean, George Kittle was out that game, yeah. so you know, like, likewise Luke Lachey, Eric All. Maybe that's similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Vandenberg was uh, a key, yeah. rec- expected to be a really key receiver on that team, and and he was out. He got hurt in the fourth game, I believe, yeah. that year. Yeah. Um, so uh, Iowa was limited uh, <laughs> offensively. So that sounds familiar. But who could be? Let's make. I thought maybe we could pick three each. Maybe go down the list of guys that can that Iowa still has uh, that can maybe make a difference in this game. Because, you know, Michigan has one has at every single position. Iowa's got to have their best players make plays. Where would you start, Scott? I'm going to go on offense, and I'm going
0: to go with Addison Ostranga. I, I've been really impressed with the way he's performed since, uh, you know, first since um, – Lachey went down and then since Eric all he has really developed into I think a quality tight end Um, you know he's up to 250 pounds he's blocking it with a real strength I mean you know the the play that Caleb Johnson scored on he drove his guy vertically for you know seven eight yards up the field Um, you know and did the same thing on the Caleb Brown touchdown you know week before you know so I really like the way he's doing and he's a really good receiver I, I think we're seeing Somebody, you know, it's yeah, you know, we've seen so many good tight ends. I don't know that I want to compare him to somebody that's just kind of almost unfair. But you know, at this level, he's maybe like sophomore era, um, Sam Laporta. And I think if he can continue to do that, that's great. But in this game, he might be able to get free and have a you know, get a couple of receptions, maybe a maybe a bootleg in the flat that he turns up the field, breaks a tackle, and it goes for. 20 yards or something like that so that would be not my number
1: one chad who do you have well let me ask you one quick follow-up on that okay. and then i will go uh iowa went a ton of three tight end mm-hmm. 13 personnel against nebraska do you expect that to continue do you expect do you think that can work against michigan or is that was that a nebraska specific because of the 335 that they run
0: i think it was p- both i mean nebraska had a really good run defense and you can kind of you have more heavy personnel you can really attack it i don't know if you can be that effective with it but let's say this if you're in 13 personnel against Michigan they're going to expect a heavy run that's when you pass you know and and one play that I remember specifically this year and this was going back way 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 back to the Iowa State game and it was 10 to nothing and it was early in the second quarter and Lachey would already been really good they scored a touchdown they if they got the ball you know like their own 20 and when I was sitting next to Tom Kaker, and I and all of a sudden I saw 22 personnel on there and I said the Okay, this is when you hit them deep. This is you play fake off the off the first snap and then you've got them because they they're expecting you to run. And what do they do? They ran and they got a five yard loss and then it just bogged down offensively. And that's second quarter. That's been a really hellacious time for Iowa this year. So. You know, I, I expect them to run a lot of 13 because it's been effective for them, but they're going to have to do something that Michigan's not prepared for, which is probably pass out of it and maybe even get vertical once
1: in a while out of it. Good good analysis there. I appreciate that. I was curious what you thought. Uh, my number one, or I don't know if he's number one, but is Sebastian Castro. Uh, I'm still, uh, I'm kind of like really disappointed that he was only only honorable mention all Big Ten coaches. I think that was... Mm. Uh, i guess luke fickle didn't vote right yeah, right <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe his sid voted i don't know but but yeah uh, he's uh he's a difference maker he can he can pop uh, a big tackle he's got good hands he's got the one defensive touchdown for the hawkeyes this year who knows maybe he's got a little chip on his shoulder off that uh i mean i i voted him first team <laughs> in yeah. the media ballot he did make second team media but uh I thought he was like a sure first teamer, and I was mm-hmm. shocked. But anyway, Sebastian Castro—you know, a guy that could be a difference maker in the run game—sounds uh, like he just kind of has a feel for when he blitzes now, and they trust him to do that, um, which is pretty cool. That's that's yeah. a lot of freedom to to give a guy, and uh, so he can he can make an impact at a lot of levels. That's my that's one of my guys.
0: Boy, he could make a real impact next year too if he makes that decision. You know, <laughs> I, I would say, hey, see, this is what everybody thinks of you. You should come back and be an all. Yeah, right. Yeah, but, uh, they could absolutely use him. No, that that's a great one, Chad. I I would also now I'll, I'll stick on defense, and um, I'm gonna go with Deontay Craig. Um, you know, he's had a nice year, a good year, not a great year. He's in his hometown. They're gonna need some sort of edge rush. And they haven't had a lot of that this year. You know, they've they've had a nice year, um, you know, 24 or 22 sacks, not Iowa standard, which has been 30 plus. And they're going to need that. And I think that somebody on the defensive line is going to have to step up and make, you know, ne- plays for negative loss. You know, they're just going to have to do something like that. And this is his time to shine. I mean, this, the spotlight is there. He didn't play a whole lot. Um, as we know, last week he's been kind of dinged up, but I think this is that opportunity against a obviously a, an elite level team to make your presence known, and if you can do that, you can impact the game in so many ways. Um, you know, forcing bad passes, forcing incompletions, but just. Forcing double teams, which singles up somebody like Y.A. Black against a second team guard, you know, because Zach Zinter is out for the season with a broken leg.
1: So Deontay Craig is kind of one of my X factors in this one, too. Yeah, that's a that's a good sneaky pick there. I feel like Iowa did a good job last week not playing. It's kind of banged up guys. Logan Jones didn't play. I thought that was really smart not to do that uh Deontay played six snaps so mm-hmm. that's why Ethan Hurkett had such a huge role yeah. obviously stepped up and did a great job uh but yeah I feel like it's good news also this week the Jennings Dunker's back Caleb Brown's back uh it feels like you're at least, you're not healthy but you're at least you got you know Connor Colby came back after that that injury against uh whoever it was a couple weeks ago um and it was nice to see him out there and doing well so Uh, I'm going to go on offense now, Scott. And one guy that has been kind of sporadic all year, but certainly has big play potential. We've seen it for two years now is Caleb Johnson. So I think you've just got to, you know, he usually only plays 14 to 18 snaps a game and gets about 10 carries. But that's the one, that's a guy that could take one to the house. Uh, He's got that speed, he's got that athletic ability. Uh, to get to the edge and pop a crease and I think you just got to keep trying it and and hope maybe one of those pops that's one of the best ways Iowa can maybe move the ball on Saturday yeah for sure he's got home
0: run ability and he's to me of the of the three he's probably got the most upside Um, LaShawn Williams has been the most productive no question and and the yards speak to it but the style and the way he's been able to to manufacture yards in, in key areas but but If Caleb Johnson, if he can reach his potential, I think he's the one that can be next level player. You know, I'm not quite sure that, you know, you know, I I look at LaShawn as kind of like Makai Sargent, maybe a little bit quicker. But, uh, you know, but I think that you're right, that that's that's another one. Finally, um, you know, there's a lot of different directions, obviously, we can go. I, you know, I, I would not put Torrey Taylor in there because I think he's more than an X factor. I think he's got to be, a, you know, a, an impact player for sure. Um, you know, and I, I know one player you mentioned, I won't, uh, but I'm going to go with Jamari Harris. He, uh, he intercepted a pass against Kate McNamara two years ago, sat out. Uh, he has to be the number one corner now. He is the number one corner. He's he's the guy that, you know, he missed the first two games. At times, he's he's been pretty good for the most part, but he's struggled a little bit from here to there. I think this is a, a, a showcase position for him, too, to where he might be the one to take the ball away. If they're throwing to the outside, because he's going to be guarding, you know, Roman Wilson and Cornelius Johnson and some really good receivers. And they're going to test him. They're also going to test Deshaun Lee. But I haven't elevated him to an X factor yet. He's got a he's got some tough stuff coming up. But I will elevate Jamari Harris that maybe he can get a breakup. Maybe he can play that role of Manny Rugamba, uh, you know, to 2016. Yeah, good recall. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's see what happens
1: yeah i uh a guy that's been quiet all year we'll finish it up here uh x factor uh x yeah uh one interception all year uh came in the very first game was iowa's first interception of the year has not had one since obviously dealing with a hand injury but you got a five star in your secondary xavier wampa uh we've seen scott what he has done at southeast polk we saw it in the music city bowl last year if he can just get his hands on the football and get it in his hands maybe he can make something special happen you don't have cooper DeGene, the big 10 db of the year but you do have xavier wampa you have a five star in your defensive backfield it's been quiet uh maybe this is it's an x factor he's got you know maybe he's the guy that uh, sneaks up maybe they forget about him and he um uh, you know undercut something over the middle and boom yeah you know he's running into that end zone Tavon Smith did and (laughs) the the, uh, 7,000 Iowa fans that are there go crazy (laughs) well you know is he gonna dab like
0: like (laughs) is that (laughs) that would be pretty awesome yeah that was eight years ago so that fad's probably been gone for four years we just (laughs) true I have no idea (laughs) yeah I don't have any idea either but I I think uh you know he's one area he has made an impact, though, and it's kind of been overshadowed a little bit, is he's a pretty salty tackler, and he's really good at that area. And I think next year I would expect him to be really an impact performer because I saw the hit he laid on Cal Ungai against Rutgers, and I mean, it took him out, and that was he was like blocking, and it was like, whoa, okay, welcome to the world here, you know, and and I think Xavier can impact the game coming down in the box, laying a hit on. Blake Corman, maybe it's not interception. Maybe it's that forced fumble. And, and you you know, then you, he walks over to the, the sidelines and feels like you see he's not a machine. He's a man, you know, kind of like the, <laughs> Tony did with, uh, you know, gets the
1: Russian. So <laughs> well, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Get the Rocky analogies. The user yeah. analogies We're uh, really reaching yeah. here, Scott. But uh, if you are making the trip to Indy or if you're not, uh, if you're a tin rooster, if you're in your living room, uh, you may want to try to have a pour from Steeple Ridge bourbon. From farm to bottle, Steeple Ridge Bourbon offers a high-quality, delicious drinking bourbon. If you don't find Steeple Ridge at your favorite retailer or grocery store, ask for it by name. Steeple Ridge Distilled, Aged, Bottled in Iowa by Lonely Oak Distillery. Scott, uh, your folks at The Athletic have done a really good job on this sign-stealing thing. Um, It certainly is going to be a national storyline, you know, probably on the broadcast. A lot of cameras going to be on Jim Harbaugh uh, on Saturday. But uh, I'm just kind of curious, you know, what do you think? Uh, pretty much since the science dealing stuff broke, you know, it, it was Michigan State. They they plowed Michigan State, forty nine nothing. But then there was the bye week, and ever since then, Michigan's defense has at least proven a little bit vulnerable. Thirteen points against Purdue, fifteen, obviously Penn State, twenty four Maryland, twenty four Ohio State. Certainly, better offenses across the board there than iowa has but you know could there be something to that or am i reaching a little bit i i uh, i think we're reaching on
0: a little bit i, I i'd understand it uh, i i think there's you know if there is one area where they are a little bit weaker than they were two years ago it's edge rusher and when you when you have aiden hutchinson who's Awesome, and David Ojabo, who was really good that year too, and you know, and guys like mozzie Smith, and you know, up the middle, and you know, they they really had some uh, unbelievable dudes, you know, the the front wall. They they still have great players. They're they're Michigan, but it's not the same. And so I think uh you know, the last two weeks they went up against potent offenses. You know, Ty, uh, Talia Tagayola, you know, is a Potent quarterback. He's had a lot of, I mean, he's now the record holder of most yards in Big Ten history. And last week, Marvin Harrison's the best receiver in the upcoming draft. And he'd probably be a Pro Bowler if he was even, you know, on 25 different NFL teams. So I think that's, um, you know, they're still only allowing 24 points. So, uh, you know, I think uh, it's maybe a little wishful thinking, but you never know. You never know. Um, hopefully. Iowa's got something that they haven't prepared for and they haven't seen all year. They're going to go southpaw here in the championship
1: game. Yeah. Is there any uh, weird wrinkles or anything like A lot of people are saying, like, empty the playbook, Brian, and, and all this stuff. Um, you know, I don't know what that would be. Uh, maybe they probably won't ever do it, but maybe a Marco Linez series where he's mobile <sighs> quarterback and uh, probably not the stage to do it. But I don't know. Anything jump out? I mean, we haven't seen a fake this year from yeah. the Hawks. You know, I'm sure that uh, you know they expect Michigan so well schooled that they wouldn't be able to fool them on it. But do you try it anyway? I don't know. Yeah, uh, what do you think? What if you're Brian Ferentz, Lavar Woods, whoever? What uh, any little wrinkles you're throwing at Michigan this week to try to try to catch them off guard? Well, you you got it. If you're going to do anything,
0: you know, whether it's a fake or something crazy, you want to make sure that it's at a time when they're not expecting it. And the problem is that if if you're it's fourth and two from the 50, they're probably going to expect it, you know, or they're going to play for it and just say, you know what, if he's he's such a good punter anyway, it doesn't really matter. You know, so we're going to we're going to play fake. And so that's not the time to fake or, you know, or, you know, I, the one that I, I wish they would have done all year long is, is Wildcat. Because I think they could play off of that. Now, of course, Cooper DeJean would have been the perfect Wildcat quarterback, but you don't have him, so there's no use worrying about it. But if if Jazz Patterson could be next to LaShawn Williams, and if Jazz Patterson could take the, hand, or you know, one of the receivers or something could take the handoff and you know, or the snap and fake the handoff and run or handoff, maybe, maybe throw. You know, that's to me something that maybe might work, but they're going to look at knowing Kirk and Brian, they're going to say that's too, um, you know, that that's too gimmicky. So I I don't know that they're going to do a whole lot. Maybe they'll have a a pitch pass, you know, a, a halfback pass. I don't know which running back can throw, but but they did that two years ago and it almost worked do they have a uh, you know so and i'm sure they're gonna be prepared for that i just think i think it's probably more important that they're prepared for the opposite side because michigan does that and is effective at it
1: so i did pick Iowa would lose uh picked them to score more points than people are anticipating so I, but i do have them covering so I, I had 29 to 10 michigan do you have a score
0: yeah, I'm probably the most optimistic person you'll see on this. I have 27 16 losing. Okay. You know, so, and you know, maybe it's more of a backdoor, or I, I just, I have, you know, what I could be way off on this, but I think that they maybe compete. You know, maybe they get three field goals and, you know, and then they're down 17 to 9 going into the fourth quarter. And then, you know, maybe, you know, just, you know, that's 24 to 9. They score. Michigan gets mm-hmm. a field goal at the end, you know, just something that's yeah, ho hum. I guess, you know, we're we're both looking for a, you know, we root for stories first and foremost. And what's the best story for us to write? Iowa play well. You know, so yeah. I guess I'm not rooting for victory. I don't do that because that doesn't matter. But for our readership and for all of you listening, the best story is having a, a good positive game to write about not a moral victory but just something that hey this team competed I, that's what i want to see i want to see a competitive game if nothing else
1: yeah i think there's something to be said for um, it's not a moral victory but i think he it's the last game of east versus west i think you want to see if you're on Iowa side that you the west gave the east a fight yeah gave him gave him a battle played toe you know maybe not toe to toe but just you know Played really well. Played good football. Not embarrassing football. Iowa had one of its worst games ever two years ago in Indy. It was just you look at the PFF grades; they're just terrible. Mm-hmm. The Michigan is really good. Like you, you, just you need Iowa to be at whatever its best is this year. What was its best game this year? Maybe Rutgers. Potentially, yeah. I don't yeah, know. Probably, you know, play like the play. Play like you did against Rutgers and take your chances. Uh, Scott, let, let's just entertain the possibility. What if? What if Iowa wins? What if Iowa wins? What uh what does that do? <laughs> what happens? Uh obviously Iowa goes to the New Year's six, mm-hmm. uh, which so they jump up and bolt, but like, you know, they kind of ruin the playoff, don't they? <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. They do. I mean, because then then you got everybody scrambling. Like, does Michigan stay in it? I mean, if it's a last second field goal, do they deserve to fall out of it? Yeah, um, they would fall
1: out, I think. Or what's the schedule in? they played? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Ohio State, you know, what about the other games? I mean, that's all – it's all a wreck and ha-ha. You know, Iowa, you know, flipped a a booger on the windshield of the (laughs) CFP, you know. But I I think, um, you know, after that, there needs to be a parade in Iowa City and, you know, probably commission that statue for Kirk Ferentz, you know, which I've always said should be like at the Krauss Family Plaza waving, you know, Kirk Ferentz waving. I think that would be the perfect thing. Maybe it happens anyway, but not – You know, but if that happens, Chad, um, bowl positioning, then they would be in the New Year's Six because the Big Ten champion qualifies. Um, it would be most likely, you know, that gives them three possibilities the uh, Atlanta, the Peach Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, and the Fiesta Bowl. They try to match up those teams against the like minded or the in, in the way they're ranked. So, you know, if Iowa was fifth, like when they went to the Rose Bowl, they were right. fifth and, and um, Stanford, I think, was seventh, sixth or seventh. And, and so that's why they played there. And, and if it was an Ohio State higher, they wouldn't have played there. Chances are they're probably going to be the lowest ranked team in the New Year's Six other than maybe the uh, group of five champions. So they'll probably play the group of five champion, and that would be either in the Fiesta or Peach, most likely Peach Bowl. So, um, because the Cotton had the G5 winner last year, so it won't this year. And so if it's like Tulane or SMU or possibly Liberty, it would
1: be in Atlanta uh, for the Peach Bowl. Iowa SMU and the Peach Bowl. Uh, Padilla versus, uh, no, he's not playing, but he is at SMU, Alex Padilla. Hayden Fry Bowl. Yeah, right, there you go. Uh, So obviously we're, you know, the anticipation is Iowa loses this game. So uh, is Citrus Bowl, it's certainly the heavy favorite here, but what uh, what are you looking for this weekend for for Bowl juggling for the Hawkeyes, assuming a loss to Michigan?
0: Okay. Let's say that the entire weekend goes as planned, and really as planned means three of them don't matter. You, you, you know, Georgia, Alabama, both teams are gone to the New Year's Six. Um, the, the, the Washington, Oregon, both teams. The same thing with um, – the ACC because the, you know, normally it wouldn't, but this year because the orange bowl is a non-playoff year that they get both, you know, would get Louisville and and Florida state's established enough, whether they lose Florida state loses, that's still in the new year six.
1: Um, If not, it's in the championship. Right. So you're saying, so for folks following Florida state wins, it's in the playoff most Mm -hmm. likely. And then Louisville goes to the orange Louisville wins. Then both get in the New Year's Six because they're yeah. good enough. So
0: Louisville's still in the the orange. Yeah. It's probably in the orange anyway, either way. And then Florida State would be in the, you know, sugar. Or, I mean, not sugar, but cotton or something like that. Yeah, okay. Um, Go you know, ahead. The one that really impacts Iowa that it's not playing in is Big 12. And that's because of Oklahoma State. Texas is already in no matter what. But if Oklahoma State wins, it would, like Iowa, qualify automatically for a New Year Six spot, which would then kick out Penn State, which right now is the last at-large qualifier. If Penn State is in the New Year Six, then that Iowa is locked in to the Citrus. But if Penn State is um, in, is is let's say Oklahoma State wins, then Penn State will fall. The Citrus Bowl told me pretty much that Penn State would be their pick because they did beat Iowa and they're a pretty good team, which would then send Iowa to either A, the ReliaQuest Bowl, or B, the the Vegas Bowl. Now, what would determine that is whether or not a Big Ten team appears in the Orange Bowl. Now, if we're going by chalk outcome, is Ohio State is probably going to the Orange Bowl, which means the Big Ten vacates the ReliaQuest, which is formerly known as the Outback. And then that would, and if Penn State would fall, then that would put Iowa in the Vegas Bowl. However, if let's say <laughs> craziness happens, Ohio State ends up in the New Year's Six, um, you know, then Bama ends up there, then you know Iowa could still end up in the Citrus. But what if Penn State falls? Then then that would be the one opportunity to go to Tampa again for the Relia Quest. So. Overall, <laughs> if Iowa loses, I would say 75% chance to the Citrus, 20% chance to the Vegas, and 5% chance to Tampa okay. Bay. But All right. so, but I do think Orlando is the most likely destination. So would you take your family to uh, Disney? <laughs> um
1: you know it's on the table it's on Definitely. the table we'll have to see uh oh i hope they're not around and listen to this no, no 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 they're, they're at school Christmas surprise yeah. you know sorry. Yeah. they're at <laughs> school and it. they don't listen to my podcast okay, okay. good <laughs> not want to ruin it for you sorry no 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 Elite. <laughs> uh, we'll see we'll see but uh yeah good analysis there sky you always do a great job with the bull stuff and uh yeah my read on it is uh very similar as well i probably i mean i just I'd be surprised if Oklahoma State beats Texas. Yeah. Um, so in that case, I, maybe I would bump up the citrus percentage personally to 85 or so. But, uh, you know, who knows? <laughs> maybe the Big 12 doesn't want Texas to, to get the glory, yeah. but you'd think they'd want them in the- I got Holding on 78 white, you know, like yeah. the Titans. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, back up uh, if you want to stay in this game, coach. <laughs> <yeah>.
1: <laughs> oh, good movie references yes. in this podcast. All right. right. All right. Well, uh, looking forward to – we get to ride together to Indy. So looking yeah. forward to that, uh, Scott, uh, this weekend because uh, my buddy Tyler's uh, on his way to Indiana today. So uh, he's, uh, of course, an Indiana alum, as we know. So yeah, um, he's going to get a little more time in his, his beloved state, his beloved Hoosier state. Yeah. Um, Looking forward to the drive, though. We'll talk more yeah. about the Bears or something. Yeah, exactly. We'll talk
0: ha- – half of it will be about this game. Half – you know, third <laughs> of it will be about the Bears, and the rest will be – oh, man, I wish the semi get out of the way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Watch the speed zone. Okay. Anyway, thanks, Scott. Uh, thanks, Aiden, for letting us go a little bit long here. Uh, we do want to let you know that our we're planning tentatively. We'll let you know for sure. Our next show will actually be Monday next week because – Just the freshness of the Big Ten championship, the freshness of the bowl announcement, and kind of looking ahead to Hawk hoops next week. So 11 a.m. Monday is our tentative plan. Thanks, Scott, and uh, talk to you soon.
0: Iowa everywhere.